Aloha, people of God. This is your brother, Mike Dillard, coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted. I am your host, brother Mike Dillard. Man, I'm getting that intro down. I'm getting it down a little smoother. <laughs> I hope everyone is having a wonderful day today and that you are blessed and highly favored of God. Now, you may think that you are not. You may look around at your circumstances and say, man, I, I don't know about all that, right? Right? You may not feel like you are, but feeling doesn't have anything to do with the word of God, what God says. So many times Christians, immature Christians, a mature Christian is not going to get tripped up on this. And if we do, I'm going to throw myself in that batch there. If we do, it's not going to be very long, okay? <laughs> we don't get caught up on our feelings, right? We're moved by what the word of God says, right? We're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what we feel. We're moved by what we believe, amen, and what the word of God says. So, you know. I don't know who that's for. <laughs> that's something totally different than I plan on talking about. All right, so we're going to jump into this right now, right? Hey, man, this is a live and direct podcast. Uh, in other words, that means wherever I get the message, that's what's up. You know what I'm saying? I might be in a restaurant. I might be driving. I might be walking the street in Waikiki. Man, you just never know, right? Wherever I get the message, you know, that's where I spit the message. Wherever it comes up. That's why I'm putting it down, right? Come on now. Y'all know how I do it. So today I happen to be in my house. I'm on lunch. I've been working on contracts and all types of deals all day. The Lord has been blowing my mind. I'm in awe of him all day. But something came up. It's not a but. It's an and. And something came up today. And as I was talking about some things with one of my good friends, Sequoia Lawson, you know who you are. <laughs> As we were talking about some things, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit is like sharing things with us. And, you know, we're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Man, it was something that stood out to me like after we got off the phone call. Right. And, and, and it's really about. Uh, well, on this note, let's let's bring up today's title. Today's title is. One degree of separation. One degree <laughs> of separation. I'm literally walking around my house in a circle right now. I'm walking around a table in a chair. If y'all could see me, you'd be like, what is this man doing? But God is so good. I got to walk around a table in a chair. Okay, anyway. <laughs> One degree of separation. Do you know what that means? Let's talk about what this means first. And then we're going to. Oh, we're going to jump in. We're going to jump into the word of God. Amen. And then we're going to unpack this thing here. So when people when people talk about degrees of separation, you know, they're talking about the the amount of people it is between you and a particular person. So let's say I know Oprah Winfrey's second cousin. I don't. But let's say I did. Right. Then. There's only one person between me and Oprah Winfrey. You know what I'm saying? If I want to get to Oprah, all I got to do is call, hey, 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 man, what's up, Bobby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When's Oprah going to be in, in Hawaii the next time? Man, you got to get me in there and see Oprah, right? You know what I'm saying? There's only one person between me and Oprah. That's one degree of separation, okay? 
if, if there was five people between you and say, you know, Barack Obama, you know, you know, you know, Susie, who's friends with Bobby and Bobby is next door neighbors to Kenny and Kenny's best friend is Troy. And Troy happens to be, you know, Barack's second cousin. We're on a second cousin thing today. Amen. Right. So, you know, then there's five people between you and Barack. That's five degrees of separation. Okay. So now that I've explained the degrees of separation, let's talk about the scripture for today. All right. And I'm sure more is going to come up, but this is the primary one. So it's James 4, 4. By the way, I stopped walking around the circle. I stopped walking around the table and the, the chair, if any of you wanted to know. <laughs> okay, James 4, 4. The scripture says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not. Hold on. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So if we look up the word enmity, let's look up the word enmity. I do know what it means. I'm not trying to be a show off though. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to read it with y'all, right? Because I ain't trying to be a show off. But... <laughs> I got jokes today. I got jokes today, right? God's been so good to me. I can't help but laugh. But anyway, all right. Enmity is a noun. And it states positive, active, and typically mutual hatred or ill will. So, whoa, that's that's a powerful word there. If I'm a friend with the world, then I then I have positive, active, and typically mutual hatred or ill will towards God. And God is who? The Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Just being very clear here who God is. Because I understand some people may have wandered in that are not Christians, let alone not even mature Christians. Y'all just came to visit. And I appreciate you. Please stay a while. Okay? I I'll try my best not to scare you off. Okay? <laughs> I love you with the love of the Lord. Okay, so anyway, so that scripture is telling us right there, right? There is a difference. There's a separation. There is the world and there's Jesus, right? There's God. There's his people. And, and you, we're mature Christians. I know y'all are like, Mike, we know this. We know this already, dude. Okay, bear with me. We unpacking this thing, right? So there's two separate systems. There's God's way of doing things, right? We will, a lot of us will say that's kingdom business. And then there's the world's way. The world was not this, this earth, but the world system, right, was put in place by Satan and his fallen angels. They have a particular way that they do things in their kingdom. Satan is the God of this world, not the planet, but this world system. Right. Okay. Right. That's what Jesus. That's what he meant when he said the God of this world is coming. It doesn't mean that he is God. Satan is not God. Right. But he is the God of that world system. He created it. He put it in place. It all operates according to his will and how him and his fallen angels and his demons control all the vast peoples around the world that are a part of that collective group or system known as the world. OK, so. You know, it got me what got me thinking about this whole 
situation here is investing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get to this in a second. It's about investing, right? So when we look at angel investors, right? I mean, I'm an angel investor, but I'm not a normal angel investor. This is something that the Holy Spirit called me to this year. I didn't even know such a thing existed. Never heard of such a thing. Never thought of such a thing, right? <laughs> but he let me know. I am a godly angel investor. I'm like, well, what is that? You know, so you have an angel investor. They're using the word angel, but there's nothing angelic about it, right? It's This is a part of the world system. It's based on the world's principles and the world's way of doing business, okay? So in the world, an angel investor is somebody that will, you know, they look at you, they see that you need money for your company, right? Seed money or whatever it is to develop your company. They see that your company is profitable. You know, it, it's, it's probably going to turn a, a decent profit and thus they can get a decent return on their money. Okay. So these people will, and I'm not saying that these are bad people. I'm not saying that at all. I just got to bring that out and say it kind of loudly because a lot of you might be angel investors and be like, hey, Mike, you know, I'm not a bad person. And, you know, the, the scriptures talked about the guys investing and getting a return and profit and this and that. I'm not a bad person. No, you're not a bad person. This has nothing to do with you. <laughs> okay. All right. This is about the Lord illustrating a point right for his people that's overall what this is about so here we go so uh, a, an angel investor will see that a pro, uh, see that a company is profitable they will loan money to this company and charge interest for the money right and or they may also throw in some e some equity in that bad boy right right where i talked to somebody earlier today and they was telling me like yeah you know, um, you know, they needed a certain amount of money to help move this initiative forward. And the person kind of got greedy and was like, well, you know what? Instead of these figures, I want to bump it up like more than triple the amount of, of, of you know, what I'm saying what you was going to offer me. And I want equity in your company. In other words, it's like now, nah, not only am I, you know, the primary shareholder and primary owner in the company, but you're paying me all this money, too. It's like, what? That's ridiculous. In New Jersey back in the day, we say that's bananas. That's bananas. You ain't getting that, right? But to that person, and it was somebody else that came along and they they kind of pulled the same stunt. Not nearly as high as the other person did, but the point is my point is this. Those people do that because they're operating from uh, uh, an understanding of a worldly principle, not a godly principle. They're they're basing their actions these acceptable actions off of a worldly system, not a godly system. Okay, you're tracking me. Army, that's what they say, tracking, tracking. Means they understand you, right? So I hope y'all are tracking with me. So that's, you know, that's, that's what they do. But when you look at God's system, when you look at the way God does things, and God is God, amen? So in the Old Testament, God is God. In the New Testament, God is God, right? You get to see a different aspect of God. You, you, you see that, right? With Jesus, right? Um, but he is still God. The Lord is God. The Lord am God. So when you look at the Old Testament, there are certain things that the Lord just didn't play around with, right? Like, for example, 
the ancient boundary lines, right? So the, what does the ancient boundary lines have to do with anything? Well, this is something that, this was property. This was land that, you know, was given to this person, to this family. It was something that was going to be passed down through the generations. It was set up. These are the boundaries. This, this land was given to these people. And they would pass it down to their kids and to their kids and to their kids and to their kids. It was about legacy. It was about generational wealth building. The scripture says, right, a godly man stores up uh, an inheritance for his children's children. Nowadays, we think we're doing something if we just leave a little bit of money for our children. But the Bible says that, you know, Children's children, a righteous man saves up an inheritance for his children's children. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's just two generations. It's like, hey, uh, you know, I, I'm a righteous man. So I saved up money for um, Kyra's. Well, my daughter Kyra has children, uh, Kyra's kids. Right. Ooh, I'm righteous. But it says children's children. So that's really children's children. And their children and their children and their children and their children. Right. It goes on and on and on. Right. So this is how God looks at things. OK. He gives things for families. God is a God is a, a, a family God. He is a, a generational God. Right. God looks at the one and he sees the many. God looks at the seed and he sees the entire orchard. Right. This is God. This is the way he looks at things. Not like men. Not like women, not like humans, right? He he sees things differently. He, right? He he even talked about like with Abraham. So, you know, he talked about Abraham and then he was talking about the seed that was, you know, he was talking about the seed, a, a, a son, but was actually in the seed of Abraham at a particular time when he received the blessing, right? So God sees all of that. He sees generations. Down the line, I used to preach in the prison. I used to tell the guys that, right? God is a generational God. He's here talking to you, but he's going to help you. He's going to save you. Why? Because he wants to save your family and your family's family and so on and so on and so on and so on. That's how he does it. Okay. God didn't just all of a sudden change because, you know, men's hearts grow cold. Right. And, and, and they're they're greedy and they're lovers of themselves. And, you know, they're doing all these things like God is the same God that was very upset with his people when they were, you know, doing usury. Usury. And let's let's look at what that word means. You know, even though I do know what usury means, but, you know, I don't want y'all to feel badly. So, you know, let me just go ahead and pull this up right quick. You know, usury. I don't want y'all to feel bad. So. <laughs> Usury, the lending of money, the lending of money with an interest charge for its use, especially the lending of money at exorbitant interest rates. Right. That's that's usury. OK, so. That's what God thinks about that. But, you know, you, you see, usury, God was very upset that his people was doing usury, right? Very upset. This is not a God. Why was God upset? Because this is not a godly practice. If the world does it to the world, then that's on the world. But this, see, this was God's people that was doing it to God's people. And he was not pleased. Not at all, right? 
Because there is the world system. And it's always been like this. God has a particular way. And by God, I mean the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Lord has a particular way of doing things for his people. And the world just does whatever they do. Right. The world is under Satan. They do what Satan has set up for them. Whether you're a part if you're not a Christian, you're like, I, that's not true. I don't I don't do that. Sir, ma'am, I'm here to tell you actually do do that. You just don't realize that. But you do fall into that category. But anyway, so God hasn't changed. And so with respect to God's people, right? Servicing God's people, he still looks at things the same way. So going back to what we was originally talking about, you have an angel investor, a worldly angel investor who would say, well, you know what? Hey, uh, little, uh, little Joey, see, you got a great company there. How much money do you need? Think about Shark Tank, right? Think about the show Shark Tank. This is angel investors, right? And that's what they, they're angel investors. You go on Shark Tank in front of the three sharks. It might be Damon or whoever it's Kevin, whoever is there at the time. Right. And, uh, they pitch their idea and they're like, oh, this, this sounds great. And they're like sharks, you know, I just need a quick, a quick infusion of capital, you know, uh, one, one, one million dollars, one point five million dollars. Right. And, you know, the sharks think about it and then they're like, mm, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll give you it might be like Mark Cuban. Mark might be like, yeah, I'll give you one point five million. But, you know, for for uh, I'll take 20 percent of your company. You know, I expect you to pay me back within this amount of time. And, you know, 20 percent of your company is mine. Ooh, wow. Ooh, that's pretty stiff. And a lot of times people are very happy to get that because, you know, there's these big names attached to it. There's big money. They can get access to that capital quickly, you know, and they, they can get some doors open. OK, but that's the world's way of doing stuff. Right. You understand this person had a particular idea that was going to bless them and their family for generations. Right now, even though they gave part of that to the sharks. They still have some money for the generations. You know, you could argue that. But the point is the overall. The overall uh, aspect or element of this particular practice. Right. So they're charging and, 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 and people are going to charge kind of high rates. Why? Because they know you need the money. If you didn't need it, you wouldn't be coming to them. So since you're coming to them and this is the way the world does it, does business, since you're coming to them and you have a need, then what are we going to do? We're going to jack up the figures because obviously, as we used to say back in the day, we got you over a barrel. You really need that. If you didn't need it, you wouldn't be coming to me. So why would I give you, you know, charge you 5%? You obviously need it. I can charge you 45% interest. And I want 15% ownership in your company. That is an evil and a wicked practice. I'm just saying, okay? I'm just saying. Now, if you don't belong to God, hey, you don't belong to Jesus, do what you do, right? You're under a different set of rules, but just so you know, the Lord sees that as evil. But I digress. Now, if you are God's people, God has a different set of the way that he treats you is different, right? So maybe somebody will lend you money 
you know, even though it did say, you know, we're lenders and not borrowers. So if you're God's person, you know, God, God may tell you to loan money to somebody and don't charge them any interest. Or if you charge them interest, you only charge them a little bit of interest, right? So you make a profit. God's a businessman. He's the, the greatest businessman there is, right? God created finance. He created wealth. You know what I'm saying? So it's not that he has a problem with you making a profit. And that goes back to the, the earlier point where you well, how could this be evil? Because in the Bible, you know, there was the 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 the, the parable of the talents, right? And, you know, the, the, the owner got mad because the, the master got mad because the one person just hit it. He didn't make no profit. And the master got mad and took his and gave it to the other people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that is true because God is. A businessman, he, he is, he's a he's a businessman. He understands that he created his system. He's not against you making a profit. He is against you raping the system though right and taking advantage of somebody's vulnerabilities when they're down because you can do that see he has a problem with that that's when you get jesus that flips tables and whatnot and comes in cracking the whip right not not the jesus that's sitting there gently like rubbing the lamb you know brushing the lamb and talking with the children you know <laughs> You start doing evil to people like that, you're going to get a different aspect of Jesus. He's going to come in cracking the whip and flipping the tables and being heated. And you do not want to meet that Jesus. OK, I've met that Jesus. It's very scary. You don't want to meet that Jesus. OK, <laughs> the merest flicker of his power, he will turn your life upside down and you will know for many years you done messed up while you working out your salvation with fear and much trembling. OK. So anyway, now let's talk about godly angel investors, which I never heard of until this season. So a godly angel investor is this, is somebody that is a child of God, amen, a servant of Jesus Christ, right? And the Lord will actually tell that person who to help. And they're his people. Now, the interesting thing is, the people that the Lord is having me help, they are not all Christians. But one thing I do see is that, well, they mostly are Christians. But one thing I do see is that everybody walks in love. I do see that. So even the people that are not Christians yet, they walk in love, right? They walk in humility. It's like, okay, they're not going to be like, you know, it's not like we have major discussions about who God is, right? There may be like one or two discussions and I say, listen, God sent me to help you. Right. And they say, well, so and so is God. I say, well, I, I you know, I'm just going to say this like God wants you to understand, like the God that you worship. He's not God. Right. That's not God. Jesus is actually God. And that's why he sent me to help you. So through me helping you, you get to see how who God really is and how God really is. Right. God is coming closer to you. So if you have a problem with saying Jesus is God at the moment, it's okay. Let's just say God, right? We're not going to use that other name that you were saying before. We're going to say God is here to help you. Okay. And they're okay with that because they're like, hey, I love God. I want I want to serve God. You, you can hear it. You can see it in them, right? But what they've been trained about who God is, is kind of blocking them at the moment, right? But God sees that and he's drawing near to them because they have the right heart before him. And that's what's important. OK, so 
the, a godly angel investor, God will tell his people, go help that person and don't charge them any money. Don't charge them any money. Right. Why? <laughs> Wait a minute, Jesus, you're telling me you want me to pay their bills. You're telling me you want me to uh, buy them office equipment and, and stuff like that. Yep. Buy it. Wow. <laughs> OK. Oh, OK. OK. You know, but when you and, and, and what's going to happen is in your mind at first, because this is what happened to me in my mind. I was like, well, what about my return on my investment? What about my profit? What about my ROI? I mean, I'm a businessman, right? And then the thought occurred to me. It's like, you know what? What does the scripture say about whatever you do to the least of these you do unto me? So think about this. The people that the Lord is going to send you to, if he has called you to be a godly angel investor, right? Right. If he's called you to do that, then the people that he's going to lead you to, they're not people that are necessarily like killing it in the marketplace. You know, oh, man, they're just making all these millions of dollars. No, you know, heal people don't need a doctor, right? <laughs> these people are already doing, they don't need your help. He's going to send you to the people who have a dream. He's going to send you to the people who have a dream, who he told to step out on faith and they stepped out. And they didn't know everything. They didn't have everything all together, but they stepped out. They obeyed him. And what happened? It's rough. It was rocky. It's turbulent waves. And, you know, they end up finding themselves more often than not on the verge of losing everything. See, out of eight billion people, there's no way that I could just keep selecting these people that are about to lose everything and be on the street and lose everything. And I do mean everything. I can't do that. There's no way I could pick these people. It's the Holy Spirit. He's telling me that person right there. Uh, that person right there. And I have people from all over the world asking me, oh, can I can we be a part? Can, can you invest in this and invest in that? And, you know, oh, oh, you know, and, and I can't. <laughs> Why? Because it is by invitation only. It is by divine appointment or divine invitation only. Man, I don't pick those people. But God told me very clearly, help them and do not charge them any money. And getting back to the ROI thing for you business people, right? Getting back to the ROI thing, the very best investment that any human could make on the face of the planet is to invest in the God who created investments, to invest in the God who created finance, who created money, who created wealth, who created prosperity. See, that is the best investment that you can make. So if you're a worldly angel investor, then your system is limited and it is finite. It comes from a finite source. So therefore, a godly angel investor will always yield much higher, significantly higher returns on their investment than a worldly angel investor. Why? Because a godly angel investor is investing in the infinite. Do you understand that? The Lord's, the Lord is infinite. His wealth is infinite. The royal treasury is infinite. There is no limit. There is no cap. It's not controlled by economy. The Lord creates whole galaxies with a spoken word. Don't get me started up in here. Good God. Hallelujah. So I got to shout it. Woo. 
God is amazing. Do you understand that? The God who creates the spiral galaxy with a word, a word. Right? Your investment in that God, you cannot even begin to calculate the returns on the investment, not just in the financial, but the spiritual blessings, emotional blessings, physical blessings, intellectual blessings, all types of gifts, relationship blessings, miracles, signs, wonders. He's quickening your mind, giving you understanding, words of knowledge, prophetic dreams, and the whole gamut. When you invest in the Lord, Right. And see, when you invest in the Lord, what are you doing? You're telling him who really is the most important to him. You're telling him what is really most important to you. The rich young ruler came up to Jesus. He knew certain things about the commandments. But then when it came time, master, tell me what to do to inherit eternal life. Give everything you have to the poor. Follow me. Right. The, the rich young ruler his face fell and he, he went away sad. Why? Because his money was really his God. His money was more important to him than pleasing God. His money was more important to him than helping a fellow human being that was made in the image of the most high God who is literally breathing with the breath, with the pneuma that God almighty himself put inside of each human. But no, their money is more important than that. See, that is the challenge. And the person and the people that the Lord is going to call to be angel, godly angel investors are people that he has already selected for immense, not great, immense earthly wealth, material wealth. Right. And he's going to come and he's going to challenge you when you don't have a lot yet. It may have been prophesied over your life and you may know I'm going to be very wealthy. Like I know I've been known that a long time. You may know. But he's not going to challenge you when you have all of this wealth. In fact, you ain't even going to get all that wealth until you pass the test. Who do you love more? Do you love the wealth I've given you? Do you love the gift or do you love the gift giver? Who do you love more? Help those people. I, 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 I don't have a lot of money right now. Uh, are you certain you want me? Yep. Help those people. Uh, uh, what about uh, uh, give to those people? Uh, but, you know, I, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to suffer in what I'm doing. Yep. Give to those people, because while you might struggle a little bit because you didn't pay your bill on time, you got a nasty email. See, those people, they didn't have any food. They haven't had food in a month. Those people and their children are about to get kicked out on the street and they have no money and they have no food to eat and they have no transportation. So, mm, what, what I'm saying, you got to weigh things out. That's how the Lord is looking at it. Oh, you got to sacrifice a little bit. <laughs> Think about Jesus on the cross and what he went through, what he endured for you. Right. Then let's talk about sacrifice. Come on now. Ain't no way you can com compare your little sacrifice. The sacrifices that I've had to make as a godly angel investor that I chose to make. I didn't have to make it. He called me to do this. I chose to obey. I have free will. The sacrifices that I chose to make to follow this calling that he called me to, 
you know what? They've been sacrifices. Yeah, sure. But they cannot compare to the sacrifice that Jesus made for me and for my family and for you. They don't begin to compare. And this is not an accusatory message. Not at all. Not at all, because not everybody is called to this. But it is important to note. That this does exist. There are people out here that are following the Lord and following his principles. These are people that are following the Lord's principles. And why is he doing this? Well, think about this. He is doing it because he wants to help people. There's one because we're blessed to be a blessing. He is doing this because he wants to help those people. Right. He's come close. He's blessing me. He's answering prayers of, you know, my my mom and my granddad and grand grandma and all of them and my prayers. So, you know, he's doing those things. But what else does the Lord do? He doesn't change. He is the same. Think about the prophets of Baal. Right. You had the standoff between Elijah, the prophet Elijah and those false prophets of Baal. I think it was four hundred and fifty false prophets of Baal. It's a showdown, right? God doesn't do this necessarily every day, but every so often he will. He will create a showdown just like you had David and Goliath. There's a showdown, right? Or a standoff where we're going to see in New Jersey, we used to say back in the day, now we're going to see what's up. Now we're going to see what's really what's up, right? Who's really the man? Who's really the boss? Who's really the God? Now we're going to see, right? And that's what happened with David and Goliath. You have Phil you had the Philistines who is representing that worldly system full of witchcraft and debauchery and rebellion, disobedience, selfishness, cold-heartedness. They did what they wanted to do. They didn't recognize the most high God. They did what they wanted to do. Then you got little David, little teenager, right? With a sling and, and five smooth stones, right? By the hand, by the most high God, he took that giant out and then chopped his head off. What? Exactly. Right? That's how he does it. You had one prophet of the Lord versus 450 prophets of Baal, this fake God. It's really a, it's a demon or a fallen angel posing as a God that people worship. That worship, that praise needs to go to the Lord because there's only one God. <laughs> if you ain't praising the real God then you're praising uh, something that's doomed to go to hell and burn something that actually really hates you and despises you more than you can even begin to know you're worshiping that thing or those things. It's not a good thing. But what ended up happening in this in this altercation, we're going we're just going to stick with uh, Elijah and the 450 prophets of Baal. Elijah said, how long? As the Lord said it through Elijah, how long will you people waver, you know, between between two between two minds? Either the Lord is God or Baal is God. You choose. Right. You choose this day. Right. And what happened? <laughs> you know, the 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 450, they did what their, they did their thing. They slashed themselves with. Until the blood flowed copiously as was their custom. They yelled, they screamed, they did all that stuff. And then Elijah comes in and kind of starts clowning like, hey, where's your God? He's not answering you. Maybe he's sleeping. Oh, maybe he's using the bathroom right now. Hmm. You know, we'll see. Right. <laughs> then he goes before the real God, the most high God. Says what he says. Boom. The fire comes down. It, it burns up all of the water. It turns into vapor. And then what do all of the people say? 
They're terrified, number one, but then they say, the Lord, the Lord is God. See, now they understand. They understand. See, and until there's a comparison made, a stark comparison, people are just in their everyday status quo, doing this and doing that, what they've been doing for generations. And then every so often the Lord will raise up a man. He'll raise up a woman. He'll raise up a boy. He'll raise up a girl that is set on doing his will. And the Lord will bring that person to the forefront. And that person will challenge the, st the current status quo. Why? So everybody that's been operating in the old world system can see this clash here, right? And when they see who won, which is going to be the underdog, right? What can they say except the Lord is God? Well, that guy was a Christian. He said he did it God way. That girl was a Christian. She said, God, she said the Lord told her to do it and do it like this, that, and the other. So people that really want to know the truth. See, there are people that are worshiping false gods, but they really do want to know the truth. See, those people can be helped. Those people can be saved. Those people, like this display is being put on to glorify God, to encourage God's people, and to help those other people that don't know the Lord yet, but they have a heart for God. They have a heart for the truth. And see, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Those people can be saved, even though at the moment they don't know Jesus. But they know the truth. They'll hear the truth and it'll touch their hearts because their hearts aren't hard. They're not hard. They're open to the truth. They just haven't met the Lord yet. Right. And so that's why also he's doing these things. He's having these clashes. Right. So that people around that don't know him yet can choose. It's like the old rap song. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. It's like you pick now. You can see the way you've been doing it. That's the way the world does it. Or you could do it like this. That's the way the Lord does it. Now you choose because the scripture says that, right? I set before you this day, life and death, blessings and cursings. You choose. Every human has free will. This is why the Lord gave every human free will. Because we get to choose who our God is. We get to choose which way we're going to go. We get to choose which route we're going to take for success and, and who we're going to call along the way. For success and and we're going to be wrapping up here but i'm going to tie in the original um title of this right see when you're god's person when you're the lord's person don't you understand that you are only one degree of separation away from any human on the planet any human that you might think would be in a position to prosper you to lift you up to elevate you, to give you favor, right? You are one degree of separation, right? That's that's it, and, right? You're, you're just one degree of separation. How is that? Because Jesus knows everybody. The scripture said that he knew what was in every man's heart. He knows every single person on the planet that has ever existed, that exists now, that will ever exist. He knows them all intimately better than they know themselves. So when it's time for you to be blessed, like when it was time for Joseph to be blessed, right? Joseph was one degree of separation away from Pharaoh. 
And when it was the right time, when it was the right time, then the matter was brought before Pharaoh. Joseph was cleaned up, removed from prison, brought in Pharaoh's place, interpreted the dreams. And we know what happened next. He was elevated to the number two person in command in Egypt. And he wasn't even an Egyptian. Right. This is what the Lord does. So if he calls you to be an angel investor and even if he doesn't, but just if you are faced with doing something the world's ways. Right. This message is an encouragement for you also just to examine yourself, examine the way that you're going about doing business. Are you doing kingdom business? You're a kingdom son. You're a kingdom daughter. Then you you need to be doing kingdom business. Right. And if you're doing kingdom business, then kingdom business is going to be conducted by kingdom principles or godly principles, not worldly principles. OK, so remember, you're you may be struggling or whatever. If the Lord has called you to be a godly angel investor. He's going to challenge you when you don't really have money. And that is to really show him and show you. He already knows but it's to show you. Right. Your heart on the matter. Right. Hey. The money is not that important. And then what you find out, we're coming to a close. What you'll find out is the most amazing thing. You're going to find out really that it's not even about money at that point. What it's about is God's favor. It's about God's favor because, you know, there are certain doors. There are certain things that money cannot get you or money cannot buy. But if you have favor with God, it can get you anything. It can get you anywhere. It can open any door. It can handle any situation. So really what you need is God's favor. And for anyone that the Lord has called to be a godly angel investor, this is also a person who has been gifted with a very high level of favor. They have a signet ring from the Lord. You don't see it with your natural eye, but this ring, when you, it's like, it's like the kings of the past, they had these rings you know, and they, they stamp it in the wax and they put that seal on the letter on the paper and everybody understands, oh, that's from the king. That's from the emperor. So, you know, certain officials were given this ring. It's a very high level of respect and authority, right? A very high level of authority, right? And, and, and uh, when you have this thing, when you stamp something, it's just like the king approved it himself. It's just like the emperor approved it himself, right? So people that are called, I am one of these people. And I'm not bragging. I'm just, I'm just, I'm explaining it. This is how I know these things, right? So I'm telling you, I'm not telling you something I read. I'm telling you something I know. So when God has called somebody to be a godly angel investor, this person, this man or this woman, they have been given this ring from the Lord. It's a signet ring. And it's just like when they approve something, it's like the Lord just approved it, right? A very high level of favor. So, and he wants you to understand because of the amount of wealth that he's going to be giving you, this person has to not be, you kind of have to be immune to the wealth. You kind of have to be immune to the greed, right? You, it's like, it, that's not even the focus. It's not about the money and focus on money. Why? Because you understand whether you have money or you don't have money, it's about the Lord's favor, Everything is the Lord's favor, right? Even when you got and if you didn't have the favor, you wouldn't have the money in the first place. So that's kind of how it all wraps up and ties together. OK, remember, you are only 
one degree of separation from any promotion, from any person, from any door that you need open. If you have Jesus, you have everything. I'll say this two more times. If you have Jesus, then you have everything. Last time, if you have Jesus, then you have everything. Everything, right? Okay, and that is it for today's lesson. I love y'all with the love of the Lord. <laughs> I love you with the love of the Lord. I'm so glad about this message today. I'm, I'm so excited for those people that it helped. And, uh, and please always remember, submit yourself unto the Lord. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's it. Until next time, aloha and be blessed.